The Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these. Because I am going to the Father, I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. When Burton and I were first married, we had an apartment with a view of the Thames River. The, the one in Connecticut, not the one in London. It had a beautiful dining room, which was rare for an apartment. We didn't have kids, so the floors were always clean. We had an upstairs neighbor, though, that we could have sworn was bowling or like rearranging furniture or something all the time. It was hard to tell exactly. And then Burton and I moved into our first house, a cozy split level. I called it my practice house because it's where I learned to fix things and then fix the things I had previously fixed. <laughs> the front yard was full of rose bushes and peonies from the previous owner. It had high ceilings and a layout that made it possible for the two of us to carry on a conversation no matter where we were standing in the house. And it's where we lived when our party of two became a party of three with Madeline. Our current house is the last house on a dirt road. It has a welcoming front porch, though we always enter through the back door. It has a great big kitchen, and the septic tank only flooded our house that one time. <laughs> it's where we welcomed Hannah into our family. 
Each one of these places are places we've called home. None of these places were or are perfect, but they were shelters that welcomed us at the end of a long day. Places that we filled with delicious food, great books, holiday celebrations, rest and renewal. Spaces that we filled with memories. And as much as these spaces have a special place in my heart and mind, I realize more and more with every move that home isn't really about the space at all. Home is where our family dwells. Wherever we are together, we're home. There's a song with the same sentiment. Uh, On YouTube, you can find a cute video of a father playing guitar and his daughter singing with him the tune, Home is Wherever I'm With You. I know it's a cover, but I heard the song for the first time because of this video. A father and daughter repeating the line, Oh, home, let me come home. Home is wherever I'm with you. Oh, home, let me come home. Home is wherever I'm with you. I think of this when I hear today's gospel lesson. Jesus is speaking with the disciples, and it's before Holy Week. It's before the cross. It's before his resurrection. Jesus is saying goodbye to them. And if you want to sound scholarly, you might say that this is Jesus' farewell discourse. Jesus is preparing his disciples for a time when he will no longer be with them in the way that they are used to. He needs to go to Jerusalem and to die on the cross so that he can defeat death. And he needs to defeat death so that he can be with the disciples forever. Not just the 12 apostles, but all who follow Jesus. And so he says that he is going to prepare a place for them. He describes a house with many dwelling places, room for each of them, a place where they will dwell with God forever. This is a popular passage to read at funerals. It's a great comfort to know that Jesus has already made the journey from life to death to life again. That we don't need to fear what comes next because we have a place in God's eternal kingdom. I find great comfort in that promise. And because of the context of when these words are spoken, I don't think that Jesus is just talking about the afterlife and a heavenly home. I don't think that Jesus is saying, bye friends, I'll see you again one day in heaven. Because we know that Jesus sees them again after his resurrection on earth. The home that Jesus is preparing, this dwelling place. It's not really about one physical space. It's a promise that Jesus will be near to them always, 
a promise that God, that Jesus is creating a way for us to abide in him. That once death is defeated and sins are forgiven once and for all, we have a home in Jesus, now on earth and forever in heaven. I do have to note one thing in this text, something that drives me mad, and it needs to be addressed. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And it's strange that this text is often twisted to mean the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying. People sometimes quote this passage to keep people out and away, like Jesus is some sort of bodyguard who protects a very narrow path to God. You'll have to go through me, buddy. That was my bodyguard impression, by the way. (laughs) That was very intimidating, right? Okay. But truly, Jesus is more like a wrecking ball who has broken down every wall that kept people from knowing God, who's about to give himself to the cross to defeat death and offer forgiveness so that all people can experience God's love once and for all, allowing all people to come to the Father. Jesus makes a way to God. Jesus is continuing down a long tradition of God dwelling with God's people. Throughout scripture, we read of a God who makes a home with us. In Exodus, God traveled with the Israelites as they wandered in the desert on their way to the promised land. The Greek word for dwelled means tented. God camped with them. God set up temporary shelter so that they would never be alone on this unfamiliar and sometimes frightening journey. Long before God had a place in a temple, God traveled in a tabernacle, always on the move. And in Psalm 46, we get a different image of place. God is a fortress, mighty and strong a shelter that is immovable and protective, one that keeps you safe through times of battle. God is both an unassuming, traveling shelter and the strongest tower. God draws near to us in the ways that we need. But whether God is on the move or in a holy temple or on the strongest of foundations, It is not about the type of shelter that God provides. God is home wherever God is, and we are home with God wherever we are. Jesus made the way for us to dwell with God all the time, in this life and the next. Jesus prepared a home for us so that we could dwell with the Lord forever. Jesus is our home. But unlike our actual homes, the kind that we consider our possession, the kind with locks and keys where we pay rent or a mortgage, there's a really important distinction here. That God's home isn't ours alone. 
It's ours to dwell in, but it starts to crumble if we lock the doors and try to keep others out. God's home is ours to share, ours to offer hospitality. God's home is always a place of welcome for all. It's a haven to those who live in fear and a community for all those who are lonely. I've read this interesting thing about how memory works. People are exceptionally good at remembering physical spaces. So a lot of our memory can fail with time, but they say that you'll never forget the layout of your childhood home, for example. If you close your eyes, you can conjure up the whole thing, how you moved through the house, what hung on the walls, even the color of your comforter. We don't forget our homes. They stay with us. When Thomas asks, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus replies, I am the way and the truth and the life. He's telling Thomas, you already know the way. You know the way because you know me. Once we've experienced home, we can't forget it. By knowing Jesus, we abide with him. When we try our best to follow where he leads, when we hold on to the truth of God's love, bearing Christ's light in this world, we are dwelling in Christ and inviting Jesus to dwell in us. God is our home here now and forever. Like a parent and child singing sweetly to one another, home is wherever I'm with you.